Welcome to the ShakeOut Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Van Buskirk. Each week, Canadian running staff writer Maddie Kelly and I bring you the news, results, and drama from the exciting world of running. This is The Rundown. Well, listeners, by the time you hear this episode, it will be December. So welcome to the first rundown of December 2021. Maddie and I are recording on Tuesday, November 30th, the last day of November. And Maddie, one of the shortest months of the year. How has your November wrapped up? I was in Ottawa over the weekend for the Canadian Cross Country Championships. I did not compete in the national championship. I competed in the 6K Hoofit XC Community Fun Run. Is that what it's called? Yeah, presented by Run Ottawa. Um, and let me tell you, great turnout, tons of enthusiasm, cold as shit. Um, it was so cold. When we ran, it was felt like minus 10, and there were actual like frozen portions of the course to the point where I would like stop running, walk a little bit to get around a corner, keep going. Like truly time was irrelevant, but it was a fun effort. It was so cool to see a bunch of people run cross country for the first time in their life. And like just hearing the chatter after saying like, that was so friggin' fun. And I agree. I was in town because it was my dad's birthday and 10K, despite what I said in earlier episodes of the podcast, did not feel realistic for me. So I did the 6K hoof it and I loved it. And you know what? Would recommend whoever idea it is to keep a community race as part of nationals, keep it. Don't get rid of it. It drew a huge crowd. Like honestly, I think 150 people ran that race. Like it was a sizable start line. And it was just really, really fun. That is awesome. So just for our non-cross-country savvy listeners, nationals these days, because it's changed over the years, but the National Cross-Country Championships in this country hosts an open race, like a senior level race, um, which is for, well, I guess anyone really can race in that one. Um, but then it's also broken down into different categories, including masters, which is over 35. Then there's U20, U18, U16, and the community race. So there's a whole whack of different categories, and they all run different distances. And the community race, which you took part in, which, as you said, was 6K, the men and women run together. Is that right? Super fun. And former U Sports stud Alex Wilkie won the race. I was actually warming up thinking, is that Alex Wilkie? And then after I saw the results, and I was like, yes, that was in fact Alex Wilkie. So it was great because there were some people who, you know, you could tell were very new to running. And then there's people like him who are U Sport cross country champions. So you really, you truly, it felt like a real road race, just in terrible conditions, um, which makes it fun. Totally. And let's talk about those conditions because I saw photos, namely a photo you posted to your Instagram, which was both kind of terrifying and hilarious. Um, Maddie, tell us about the course and tell us about the footwear choice that you made for this course and um, how you feel about that in retrospect. So I ran in Nike pegs that needed to be thrown out. Um, for those who don't know, that's like a Nike's most basic trainer. You know, it's a summer shoe, really. But it's a nice, lightweight, yet cushioned road shoe. 100%. But I was so cold. I was so cold. 
and I was having a really hard time getting warm in the warm up. I wore like a parka for this race, a pair of tights and pants over the tights and full disclosure, I had had, like, it felt like minus 10 with the wind chill and the wind was like 30 kilometer an hour gusts. Like I had like, you know, like I was wind burnt after for the first time in a while. And you race first thing in the morning, right? It was at 830. Yeah. So full disclosure, I had had just like a tiny bit of Achilles tightness earlier in the week. And I also didn't want to like put on spikes and risk a flare up there. So my boyfriend was with me and he was just like, listen, just race in the shoes. Like we like, don't care about time. This is about effort. If you stop and you walk a little bit because it's icy, whatever, just run faster after. Like who cares? And so that is exactly what I did. Um, if you were trying to like, I don't know, win a race, I would not wear Nike peg 37s that needed to be thrown out. But for my purposes, they worked. And the course when we ran it just because it was so cold was kind of like a skating rink. There were a few parts that were super wet, but generally it was just icy. But then by the time the seniors, especially the senior men went, it had warmed up to about minus two, zero, and it had been run on by a few thousand people. So then it was just like a slop fest. Like it was just muddy, cold and muddy, but not frozen. But when we ran on it, it was frozen. (laughs) So, you know, each has its unique set of challenges. I'm glad you had a great time. Photos look great. We have a lot to talk about with all of the various winners. But really quickly, Maddie, I want to take a little detour here. You were just talking about your partner, Jeremy, and you called him your boyfriend. And there's some exciting news with the ShakeOut podcast host because there's a new title being introduced in that relationship. Maddie, do you want to tell us about it? Sure, Kate. So that was actually, that was a misstep, a force of habit, Um, an upgraded title to a fiance, which is, sounds uh, incredibly adult. Yeah, that is that is also some news, uh, which is very exciting. Well, a very big Canadian running magazine and ShakeOut podcast. Congratulations to you and Mr. Jeremy Ray on your recent engagement. Very, very happy for you. So good couple of weeks all around, eh? 100%. Well, let's get back to these cross-country results uh, because there were some pretty exciting ones. I know you were there, Maddie, and I think you were there to see all the different races. Talk us through some of the highlights of the day. So seeing um, our steeple people really dominate was fun. Jen Lalonde, she has now won three years in a row, which is super cool. She looked amazing. She really, she broke away from the pack quite early on and just held them off. Uh, John Gay won the open men's race. It's his first Nationals win, but man, John is coming off a heck of a year. Um, his Olympics were incredible. He ran the Olympic standard solo in Montreal in the nick of time to make the games. And obviously, he is still fit, healthy, and excited about running to come back and beat a really strong group of men for that title. Maria Bernard, also a steeple runner, was second place in the women's. And Charles Filiwere Thibodeau was second in the men's event. Neither Charles or Maria were at the Olympics. However, they're showing really, really strong fitness coming off of their respective track seasons that they had last year. Yeah, just that the, the fields looked really strong overall. Uh, neat to see people turning up because you don't always get, especially in an Olympic year, you don't always get folks who competed 
in the summer games coming back and being in really great shape for the fall. Um, like it's obviously enough time to recover and get fit again, but a lot of people just need a bit of a break, need some more time off, need to recover or dealing with little injury things that they had put off. So great to see these fields being really deep, especially with uh, athletes who competed really well this summer and through this fall already. In the U20 races, Sadie Sigstad and Nolan Turgeon were the winners there, both really, really strong junior athletes. It'll, it'll be exciting to see these athletes um, continue their success as they move up through the senior ranks in the next year or two. Heading over to Quebec City, we have not yet discussed the U-Sports Championships, which took place just a little bit over a week ago. Mitch Ubin of Guelph and Jesse LaCourse of Laval were the outright winners. Laval beat Guelph for the men's title by only five points. The Laval women's team won the race handily. This race run by the Laval women was spectacular. I think they had three in the top five. Um, it was just such a strong showing from both teams. Super exciting to be on that podium together. And you know what? Exciting to see a race that tight for the team title, especially I have a little insider knowledge, read the Guelph team. And I do think that that team title might've been a little bit more closely contested. There was a freak accident for one woman and an illness for another who, so two of the top five, unfortunately didn't reach the start line. However, I love to see the level of competition in U sports athletics. There is nothing better than, you know, like international class runners all in Canada, healthy and vying for these team titles that bodes so well for the track season. Absolutely. Super cool to see. And then the other race that we haven't covered yet is those NCAA cross-country championships, which also took place just over a week ago. And we will just run through the Canadian results because there were a lot and they did really well. The NCAA, I know we talked about this in our previous rundown, but the NCAA cross-country championships are one of the most competitive junior level races in the world. Um, so for our Canadians, like if you come in the top 50, it's a big deal. So we had Kaylee McCabe was third overall. She was far and away our best Canadian performer at these NCAA cross championships. She races for West Virginia. Gracelyn Larkin of uh, the University of New Mexico was 21st, followed closely by her New Mexico teammate, Stephanie Parsons, also a Canadian who finished just seven seconds behind Gracelyn, placing 36th. Taryn O'Neill, who we've talked about before, runs for Northern Arizona University, was 42nd. And then Sadie Sigsved, who won the U-20 race at Canadian Nationals just this past weekend, was 93rd. So that's a quick turnaround for her. Really well done. On the men's side, we've talked about him. About him. Ahab El-Sandali was 25th overall. Michael Kocha crossed the line in 43rd. Ryan Smeaton helped the Oklahoma Cowboys to a third place finish, placing 57th overall. And then Kieran Lum, the former Canadian U Sports champ who now competes for the Washington Huskies, was 87th. And just a little note on Kaylee McKay before we move on. If you haven't listened to earlier versions of this show, she ran an almost Olympic qualifying mark this summer in the steeplechase. She is 20 years old. She is absolutely someone to watch and someone we have under-discussed on this show. So just want to give her an extra big shout out for the summer she had and the fall she is having. And we cannot wait to report on her indoor results. Absolutely. 
Moving over to the road, and again, we haven't had a rundown in a little while, so going back about a week and a half, Jacob Kiplimo broke the world half marathon record by exactly one second, running 57.31 in Lisbon, uh, again, just about 10 days ago. So Kiplimo was the 10,000-meter bronze medalist at the Summer's Olympics, and he showed his strength over the slightly longer distance of the half marathon in Lisbon, winning by over two minutes and running most of the race solo. He was alone by kilometer five, Maddie, and just continued extending his lead to set a world record, which was set earlier by Kibiwat Candy. So really, really exciting stuff coming out of Lisbon. And then back over to North America, Mr. Ben Flanagan is on a road racing tear. So on American Thanksgiving Day, which was last Thursday, Ben won the Manchester Road Race, which is um, deceivingly not in the UK. It's actually in Connecticut. This is an odd distance race. It's 4.75 miles or 7.6 kilometers. Ben raced this back in 2019 and was, I believe, eighth or ninth on that day, but he totally dominated this race uh, last Thursday. He took the lead around the four kilometer mark and just increased it steadily throughout the rest of the race, winning in 21 minutes, 22 seconds. And he beat some really big names. So in that chase pack were Leonard Career, who ended up coming second, and Sam Chalenga, who was third, both extraordinary athletes in their own right. So big kudos to Ben for taking the W at the Manchester Road Race. And on the women's side, Weenie Kaladi was the winner. She trains up in Flagstaff, Arizona, and she broke the old course record uh, by over a minute. And Canadian connection there is that the old course record was set all the way back in 2003 by the late Canadian Emily Mondor. Um, So really exciting performance by Winnie Kaladi. And we'll just give a quick shout out to honorary Canadian Sarah Inglis, who was fourth, and Canadian Emily Setlack, who was 11th. Onto the track, we have no official track results to report this week. However, there were some interesting findings through a study done by World Athletics on the social media online activity around the Olympic Games. So they were essentially looking at content that was covered on social media surrounding the Olympics and the potential abuse or harm that could be caused by it. They found that of online abuse, of all quote online abuse surrounding the Olympics, female athletes were the target 87% of the time and 65% of all abusive posts warrant intervention from social media platforms, i.e. are violations of their terms of service. So World Athletics was doing this in line with its commitment to make athletics a safe and welcoming environment, and also with the knowledge that increasingly athletes are encouraged to earn a living from social media. So if your contracts stipulate a social media presence and social media interaction, but then social media is kind of a terrible place to be sometimes, those two things aren't in line with one another. So I think it is really cool that World Athletics took this initiative, and I think it's an important talk. I think it's an important conversation to have because overwhelmingly, almost completely, the people most affected by this were women and then by extension, BIPOC women. Um, So I think this is absolutely a conversation to be having, especially with the understanding that this is how a lot of athletes make their money. I think that's such an important point, Maddie. And I think, you know, every contract I've had going back almost to, you know, 10 years ago when social media was not as prevalent, but obviously was, you know, just getting kind of really started and in huge relevancy. 
Um, every contract I've had has had a social media stipulation where you have to post X number of times a month or anytime there's a new launch of a product, you have to post about it. So it's really inescapable. It's how advertising happens in the biggest way to the targeted audiences right now. And, you know, again, kudos to World Athletics for looking into these things. So they were tracking things like images, videos, they were looking for slurs, offensive images and emojis and other potentially abusive phrases. And uh, just as you said, Maddie, um, you know, it was overwhelmingly targeted at women, but uh, also particularly racialized women. um, And then you know, a smaller chunk of the pie, but also something that's um, important to note is that uh, transphobic and homophobic abuse was also quite prevalent. So probably nothing that's too surprising if you were to talk to anyone that fits in those categories. But uh, like you said, great that they're doing this work and hopefully they'll continue doing it. And finally, onto the trails, there continues to be lots of excitement and great results. Just a little snapshot of that is that Calgary's Arden Young was the top female finisher and sixth overall at the Quad Dipsy 28 miler in four hours, 48 minutes. And several Canadians had top 10 finishers at the Ultra Trail Cape Down 100K in South Africa. One of the stories to come out of that, of course, is that this was just over a week ago, right before the new variant, uh, COVID variant was announced um, to have been found in South Africa. And there is a lot of concern because many of the runners who took place in that ultra trail trail Cape Town are having a really difficult time getting back into their home countries, including Canada. So we wish all of those travelers good luck. But if you would like to learn more about any of these stories, uh, you can head on over to the trail tab at runningmagazine.ca to learn more. And we will continue updating you as more stories come out. All right. So listeners, we did bring you a short and sweet episode this week. However, exciting news. Next week, we will be having as co-co-co-co-hosts of The Rundown, Lucia Stafford and Andrea Sakafian to talk all about their recent moves to the Bowerment Track Club. We are so excited for them. We are so excited to hear how their adjustment is going, what they have planned for 2022. If you have any questions in particular you would like asked, please send them to us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We will do our best to get to every question. Cannot wait for that conversation. Really looking forward to it. We miss them dearly. Obviously, they were our two training partners, uh, Maddie and my training partners this year. But, you know, having four Olympians on a podcast is always great. And also, we are, as you mentioned, thrilled that um, that they've joined this new club and are having this new adventure. So send in those questions. And in the meantime, for The Rundown, I'm Kate. And I'm Maddie. And we'll talk with you again soon. <laughs>